0: lady, mama, Welcome back so to good. It Arts To Be Pretty podcast. I'm Angel Renee, the host. And I'm Lexi. Hopefully you didn't stop listening after that little <laughs> intro we just did. <laughs> but we're so excited to have the one and only, one of my dear best friends, Miss Erica Cobb, and I will give you her whole list of what she does because she is the next Oprah. But (laughs) I wanted to first start off because manifestation is so real. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you sit like right now, just sitting at this table, sitting next to her. It just brings me back to this was, gosh, maybe 15 years ago or so. I can't remember when you used to be, when you used to host on the Nuggets, but I was with my kids. They're in grade school. We had nosebleed seats because that's all I could afford. And this beautiful, beautiful black girl came in and was talking and getting the crowd hyped. And I had just started doing skincare. And I said, I want to do her skin. I said it. And it's crazy because I didn't say it out loud to my kids. I didn't go home and write it in a journal. I felt it in my soul. I'm Whatever I need to do, I want to do her skin. Fast forward, maybe one or two years later, I found out she was going to be at a, a networking event. And what I do, Erica?
1: You approached me. <laughs> I was like, but you weren't like, I'm going to do your skin. No. You were
0: like, <laughs> you're like, oh, this
1: is what I do. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. I would love to come in and see you. I can't afford you. Because that was the other thing. It's like being so, like being in the public eye doesn't necessarily mean that Mm -hmm. you're making a ton of money. And I certainly did not have in my budget at that point to come in and see any esthetician. I couldn't afford Angel. And she's like, just come in. We'll like, you know, she's talking about being a single mom and all this stuff. So she made me feel more comfortable because I knew that she wasn't like, oh, I'm expecting you to have a million dollars and be able to, like, Mm -hmm. invest in this the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. So that was just the beginning. Just the beginning. So I don't know how far (laughs) you want
0: to go into this No, no, no. I want to give her a proper introduction,
2: so... Again, the laundry list, the Oprah adjacent woman, Erica Cobb, <laughs> is not only a TV co-host on Daily Blast Live, you might have heard of it, but also a podcaster and owns the brand The Comeback and The Comeback TV, which is where she goes through her life stories and how to come back from your own struggles to find successes.
1: Yes. Um So Comeback has really kind of pivoted. To other people telling their stories. Um, one thing that I'm sure we'll get into at some point in this podcast is the idea of like, when you have a setback season, and then you have a comeback, you start to realize that the comeback is always in you. Um, there's always going to be something else to come back from. But what I r- originally started with, with my divorce, bankruptcy and unemployment, That's been over a decade ago at this Mm -hmm. point, but I have guests who will come in and they're very transparent with their testimony and what is happening right now. So it also helps me diversify the messaging Mm -hmm. on comeback so that there's really something for everyone.
0: Yeah.
2: Why don't you share your comeback story?
0: So, bankruptcy to. Yeah, uh, because we were just talking about this and she was like, I know nothing about Erica, which I think Mm -hmm. is good because they see you on TV. Mm -hmm. And I said something about this today about like, you see me on Instagram, but you don't know the struggle that I have been through. Tell me a little bit about your struggle because we that's how I think we've bonded.
1: Yeah. So there's a saying, um, they see your glory, but they don't know the story. The story is where all the goodness lies. Because like we were talking about or you said earlier about me being on the podcast and the power of manifestation. And this is something that I have been, like, I've told Angel for years, like, you need to do the podcast. Mm -hmm. You have to do this podcast. Mm -hmm. And to see what it is now is like, I'm just so proud of y'all because it Mm. is so... Amazing in so many different ways. Not only are you super transparent with your individual testimony, you relate to your guest in that way, and therefore you're relating and bringing in your audience. And it's just so well done. So, congratulations. Wow,
2: thank you. I'm
1: super excited to <laughs> it means be
2: here. A lot. Yeah. It's because of you, honestly. Yeah. You needed that push. I was like, if you don't get your
0: butt. (laughs) 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 She was telling me seriously since I moved locations. And I was just like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. There's really
1: nothing to it but to do it. And Mm -hmm. I think that was something that became much more – Of, I wouldn't say a way of life, but a way that I started thinking when everything hit the fan. You know, like, I think things come in threes. So to get divorced, bankrupt, and then be unemployed is really like a force cleansing. And I think sometimes we get into these patterns in our lives where we know that it's a toxic cycle. We know that we're not living our best lives or who we're supposed to be. But it's almost like the devil that we know is better than the devil that we don't know. So we hold on to these ways that we're living, people in our lives, elements of our lives that are really just tolerating us and not celebrating us because it feels more comfortable. But life will hand your ass to you. Mm -hmm. And when you aren't living in your greatest truth, if when you're not living in honor of yourself, then those things tend to happen and they happen in threes or fours or fives until you finally get the message that it's time for you to rethink your life. Mm -hmm. So at that point in my life, I knew for years that I was not living even to be the person that I knew myself to be, or with any goals that I was really content on going through with. I was very lost. So when first came the unemployment, and then came the divorce, and then came the bankruptcy, I was really prepared to not only just forget and leave behind this life that I had kind of constructed of smoke and mirrors. But I really wanted to have a solid foundation so that when I did achieve my dreams, they were actually mine, that Mm -hmm. this was actually my life and no one could come in and take anything away from me and mean that I no longer exist because that's exactly how I felt
0: over 10 years ago. So when you were getting your divorce, like that was all happening at once. So the Mm -hmm. bankruptcy and everything. How did you pull, cause when I saw you, cause we've known each other through this mm-hmm. process, how did you keep going? Like, mm-hmm. knowing like, okay, I'm still doing, you were still recording, you were still doing jobs and other things. What in you kept you going? And I mean, like, I can't deal with this shit anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: I always say, like, my steps are divinely ordered, ancestrally protected, and universally backed. Like, the moment that I make a decision that I am going to do something, I know that it's not just me. I know that I'm doing it for the legacy of my family. I'm doing it to break cycles. I'm doing it because Mm -hmm. my ancestors did not lose their lives and fight for everything that they fought for as Black people in this country. For me to have these opportunities and not take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. So to not do that would also be a slap in the face to all of those who came before me. And the truth was, although I was in the lowest point in my life, like I go back to where my dad's from, Red Springs, North Carolina, and I go to the cemetery that our people are buried in. Most of them do not even have headstones. And most of them were born enslaved, died enslaved. And a lot of them weren't emancipated um, until like 50 years old. So it's like This is bad. Like, the eviction notice on my door is bad. Hiding my car from repossession is bad.
0: (laughs) Like, like, you know,
1: having to be like, okay, yeah, I am getting a divorce. Like, that feels bad, but it's not that, you know? So... There has to be like a strength in that and there has to be an honesty in that to be like, okay, I can keep moving. I can move forward.
2: Yeah. Have you always had that personality, that headstrong woman or was it something that was taught by yourself or others? Well, see, I,
1: When I think of the comeback, I think of who I saw come back, who I had a front row seat for. And that was my mother who decided to pursue her EDD and get her doctorate later in life. Um, And my father, who had an entire change of career, he went from the finance world in a company called Unisys. So that was like back when the first PCs were coming out. (laughs) Yeah, Um, But he was in finance. And when he was laid off, he decided to go back to school and get his um, degree in mortuary science and start his own business. And I was like, Thirteen when that happened. So to see my parents, like my mother just retired uh, professor emeritus from DePaul University, and my father is celebrating 25 years with the funeral home. So I saw them build that, like I was a part of that. So I guess a part of me always felt like if I have a goal, and I put action behind it, like my parents did, I too can make something great. So I just have really great models for that.
0: Yeah. I think it's key what you just said. A lot of people want to manifest stuff and like want to write down and have a vision board and all that is great. But if you don't put action behind it or you don't go through the hardship of that process, Mm -hmm. then it's meaningless. Yeah. They're just words.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all want things like Mm -hmm. we can wish and want and hope and that's great. But is this something that you want? Or is this something that you are? Mm. Because I feel like those are two totally different things, Um, especially in the social media society, like the social media world. When we're talking about you guys starting this podcast, I'm like, it's so important just to do it. Because the biggest thing that really holds us back from a lot of things is ego, whether Mm -hmm. it's intentional ego because we don't want to look a certain way Mm -hmm. or it's more like protectional ego because we don't want to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think when people see you guys doing the thing on social media or they see me doing the thing on social media, I started out in what I consider an ocean of talent. You know, I was trying to do morning radio in Chicago and there were so many people like me fast forward 20 something years because it takes so much persistence. Mm -hmm. And some people are just like, this is just what I wanted. It wasn't who I truly was, because if it were, and I'm telling you this in my greatest testimony, if it really is what you truly were, you never would have stopped It's not an option. And I think it's fine Mm -hmm. to test things out and realize this may not be for me, but make sure that you understand that that's the thing that's moving you in another direction in order to find
2: what truly is for you. Yeah. That change in perspective, I think, is entirely key. Yeah. But I kind of want to talk about TV. Tell us kind of behind the scenes what it's like to be on Daily Blast Live it is um, crazy. No, um,
1: <laughs> it's like I was gonna <laughs> give say us it's the a tea. it's a ish show. No, um, no. I, I'll give us the tea. All Yo, of it. The dirty seriously, tea. seriously. seriously um, you know what? I love my job. I haven't always loved my job. I've ebbed and flowed with it. So it's a very beautiful thing to be in a position with Daily Blast Live where like, I honestly am so excited to go into work. I really appreciate like my colleagues. We have been through so much together. Mm -hmm. This is season six. It's crazy. Um, It's so crazy that, you know, it's been over five years and we have been doing this live from the beginning. We had to grow together. We had to fight together. We had to understand each other. And now we're at a place where it's like five plus years later, it really is a family. Like I'll always say, I will always love you, but like right now I may not like you and I can anticipate that you don't like me at times. Like, and we understand that about each other. Yeah. No, it
2: is. And that's
1: healthy. You know, like it's the, it's the ability to communicate through those issues Mm -hmm. and also find common ground because that's the reason why we are so great at what we do. We can read each other. We know what's happening. Like, we know what to expect. We know, like, there's a timing and a rhythm. At this point, we could do the show in our sleep. So it's really not drama and stuff. Like, of course, there's always going to be, like, the... And then this happened. And then that. And then, but like, to me, I love it. I'm yeah, like, I part. bet she said this about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I were her, I would have said it too. Like, <laughs> and then you
2: go live and everything is good. And it's like, hey. totally cool.
0: It's totally cool. Yeah. So, um, I have something, like, remember when we went to, uh, DBL. I had a segment on there and to think that they do this all day for like Oh Google my hours, god. Like she's going crazy for me. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm in mouth. like I smoked four joints before I went on. And I'm like how do you guys just do it just so natural? Like you said it's like your calling. It's like who you are. It's it like even on camera she just exudes mm-hmm. this energy and it's just crazy to see. So with more success mm-hmm. came more haters. Um, and I know this just based off my own personal experience. And yeah. I don't say that lightly. Like, yeah, I got haters. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not always fun, right? No. Because sometimes it's the closest people to you. How have you handled that? Because, you know, people I'm sure go off on comments oh, on yeah. daily blast live yeah. and go in. How do you protect yourself, protect your energy?
1: Here's the thing. People don't really understand. Not that I'm unique, but I am in kind of a unique situation even for the group because on DBL, we're a national talk show. Most of the hosts moved from, you know, New York, L.A. They lived that life. I moved from Chicago to Denver for years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 14 years ago. So, me, I,
0: f- I lose count. <laughs> yeah, 29 years ago. I'm like, it's been a while. <laughs> Forty it's been
1: a while. Um, but I moved from Chicago to Denver, and for the most part, I've lived in Denver. So the idea of there being a national talk show in Denver, which is the first time that something of this format has happened, mm-hmm. and for me, never to have done the New York or LA grind. I don't think about it in terms of us being a national talk show. I don't think about it in terms of us having that type of reach. And I really just think about myself as being a woman who lives in Denver and Denver is growing, and it's super cute. I love it. I'm a, mm-hmm. I love to be a part of the change that the city has made over the past 14 years that I've been here. Um, it's exciting. But we don't have that type of, like, cachet. Mm-hmm. So when people started coming for me, like, from, you know, not only other states but other countries, I was like – Y'all know me? (laughs) (laughs) It was so confusing because nothing about my life had changed. Like, I literally just started going back to a building that I had been working in for years before, like, as an intern at one point, because when I lost my job in radio, I couldn't get a job and they were basically like, hey, you can come in here in the newsroom and like do some stuff. And they were paying me a $100 a week and I was like wow. 33 years old. So for me to make that return, it just felt like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm in Denver and this is whatever. So when people started saying things, I was like, wow, that is really crazy. And I was just kind of like flabbergasted by that. And then after a while, I was like, okay, it's the same people and they're saying the same stuff and it's getting kind of tired. And then, like, I think I responded maybe to, like, two, and then I just started blocking everything. Because the truth was, I didn't even know that I had that type of impact. The first time I went viral, which was season two, I didn't even understand what going viral was. Like, I got a notice and someone – people were coming up to me and they were freaking out and they're like – you, your a video of yours went viral, and there's like already over two million views, and da da da, and people are commenting, and other sources are picking it up, and I was like, oh, that's great, that's good news, right? <laughs> and they're <laughs> humble, yeah. yeah. So but it was seriously, right? I just didn't know, yeah. like I didn't, I wasn't in that world like that, and so after a few days started going by, and like big name, like celebrities are like reaching out to me to be like. Thank you for saying that I couldn't have articulated that better myself or it's so important that you, you know, like all this stuff, like people who like I fan out over are like contacting me and then like following me. I know this happens for you, too that's bigger mm-hmm. than any hate that True. anyone could ever give you because these are people that you actually respect and yeah. invest in. And the other side, the haters, are people who are really looking for themselves mm-hmm. and the place in this world and they're looking for irrelevance. And to me, it's sad and I can understand it because I've been there. I've been the person who's been jealous of someone else and said things that mm-hmm. – I regret because mm. of where I was. So I try to like also lead with empathy and then I follow with the block button.
2: <laughs> well, not <laughs> just peaceful as that. But we have to know what the video is that went viral and I want to know your most controversial.
1: Oof, the first video that went viral was over I don't know, you guys remember Coupon Carl. So this is when we first started seeing videos of mm. black people like being harassed just for like being black. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was at a CVS and this guy or this I think it was a woman. I don't know, maybe it was a man who basically said something to this black woman and like made her look like she was the criminal or something. And I got into it with a past cast member, and I was standing my ground with mm, the remember. fact that this woman should never have been subjected to this, mm-hmm. and he had some things to say, and we went back and forth, and I honestly had gone home, hadn't even thought about it, and then days later, that's when it started to, like, really pick up, and I had no idea. And he's so,
0: on, He's not on the show anymore. He's no longer on the show. <laughs> I know that. I could say that. Yeah. And then – Gabrielle Union actually posted Erica as her woman crush Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. I was like, "Bitch, we made it! We, <laughs> we made, made, it. made it!" I was like, oh, we, "We made it, bitch! We made it!" Oh my god, that was, was the wildest! Uh, it was crazy. Day. <laughs> I literally, like, I still get chills. Oh my too, gosh, right? Wasn't this the past was like, like couple three? years. No, three, it was
1: before the pandemic. Yeah,
0: okay, it was a, so it was probably one. like
1: 2019. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the craziest things. Like, if anyone has known me for any time, you know I love mm-hmm. me some Gabrielle Union. Yeah, like. I just think, and now that I have finished her uh, her two books, um, we're gonna need something stronger and bring me more wine. Some like some one the wine the next something strong. <laughs> anyway, I finished the books, and I just fell in love with her more because I just really believe that she's a person who walks it like she talks it, mm-hmm. and she's been so consistent in that throughout her entire career. And so her transparency and who she is now, like I just really have a lot of respect for her. So on a random Wednesday, when I'm just, like, chilling at work and people grabbing come my running coffee. through <laughs> the studio, I had no idea – First of all, our reception in that building sucks. I know <laughs> it's crazy because we're a, we're a TV show and a news source. No,
0: the internet but, Oh my always. God,
1: our reception is so bad. So I couldn't even get on Instagram and people are like blowing me up and like, so... I just start, you could not tell me that I hadn't gotten the EGOT. Um, <laughs> it, I definitely, I was like, yes, this is my Emmy, my Grammy, my Oscar, my <laughs> yeah. Tony. Like, I just want to thank the little people. I was like, I like giving a speech, <laughs> oh my gosh, and what she said was just like, she spoke about me the way that I speak about her, like not wow. knowing her. And uh it was just really like one of the most special things. And yeah. it, it was a time where I wasn't sure how I wanted to proceed in my career and in my life and decisions and stuff. And it just really kind of gave me that extra boost.
2: Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Okay, so we started on the high note. Let's get to the most controversial thing that was ever said. And Whoa. also, are you kind of monitored at DBL with what you can say, or is it a free-for-all?
1: So we can say whatever we want to say mm-hmm. um, within reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, we obviously can't swear, and um, you... You
0: can hear. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> see, okay, my podcast <laughs> is safe for work. There isn't any swearing. Oh. But I love to come on podcasts... <laughs>
0: Or you can say let it out just do all things right
1: <laughs> say them all <laughs> but i still end up not doing it because i'm so scared of like just forgetting and then yeah. doing it on the air and we are live oh. so at dbl so so imagine
0: if you're like bitch yeah what yeah. happens <laughs> do there's you get been,
1: fired well there's a dump button but okay. like it's just not something you know that you want to do
2: I'll never um, be on TV that's for sure yeah, some
1: things have happened but it's not something you want to do the most controversial thing I can't I can't say that there's been something I've been kind of I don't know. When I think of controversy, I think of like things that I've gotten backlash for. Mm -hmm. But see, here's the thing. I get backlash for positive things that most people will consider positive because it may not be what my point of view is. It Mm -hmm. might just be the way that I'm articulating that point of view. And if people agree with 10%, 50%, 75%, 100 or none. Mm-hmm. So for instance, there was this Kobe Bryant clip that went viral. And it was about when Gail King had Lisa Leslie on and she asked her about Kobe's rape allegations. This was shortly after oh, he died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so my response was she they're getting all of this backlash for it because No one wants to hear this man's name being dragged through the mud. And there were two different Americas. And I got into this whole thing. And so my mom was like calling me like, everyone's talking about you on the internet. And I'm like, mom, everyone is not talking about me on the internet. Uh, For starters, like, I I appreciate that you think that that's where I'm at. I'm not. But secondly, she's like, and some of them are so mean. And I'm like, and that's why we don't read the comments. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's a panel show for a reason. Everyone's going to have their opinions. And maybe they don't, you know, jive with yours. And for me, that's okay. But for other people, you know, they want to make an example out of you. But I've said some things that I would definitely not have said in hindsight. Like what? Mm. I've just been like less than empathetic, like not knowing like certain things. Like sometimes we get stories and they're just breaking. Um, we're only getting one side at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll look back on it like, Whoops. I should have had more empathy mm-hmm. or there's been times like there was a situation where this woman was treated poorly and she was in custody and um I had just had a break in in my home mm-hmm. and I just wasn't here to hear about anybody who had been stealing and then got caught. And mm-hmm. so I was like real aggressive about it. And in hindsight, I would have I would have said something different. I would have handled that situation differently. Mm.
2: So I want to get into knowing your worth, knowing yourself and really just finding that inner strength. So what do you say to someone who feels like I'm not worthy? I don't deserve this or I'm not good enough.
1: Oof, child. Yeah, no, I, I totally empathize with those sentiments Um, when it comes to certain times in my life. But at the end of the day, it is really important that people understand their value in a lot of different ways, like understand their value in terms of their contributions to this world, understand their value in terms of like their market value and making sure that pay equity and um, you're getting the amounts that you should be getting for what you're doing, which is a totally different conversation. That no, we but can I have. think that
0: that is key because I just know, for me personally, you have your friends, right, who see who grow with you, and I think people just assume that you come in and I just do your skin for free. I I know
1: <laughs> that people think that, which
0: is so comical because mm-hmm. she doesn't. Just let's let that be known. But no. I've had people in my life who are like. Well, can you just hook me up or can I get it at this? I had someone just recently, a guy come in and ask the front desk I wasn't around for friends and family discount. First of all, he wasn't my friend and he wasn't my family. My, was oh, well, obviously, so, um, but I just think God. they, they see how far you've come, right? Or, and then they just assume you're going to give them like the hookup.
1: Yeah, I don't believe in homie hookups <laughs> um, and especially even more so now because I think that there used to be a time where if I'm like a black female – and there's a black female who is in a position to hire me or bring me on or something, you can really apply this, I'm just applying it because I am a black female, but somebody who sees you understands you, then the natural reaction for me would always be like, oh, I I definitely need to make sure that I accommodate this person, you know, like, I'm not even getting requests like that, especially from other black women. If they're asking me to, you know, be a part of something, they are paying me my market rate mm-hmm. because if we aren't going to do that for one another, mm-hmm. then who else is going to do that mm-hmm. for us? And there are exceptions. I definitely have organizations and people that I've worked with for over a decade or decades and I have an understanding. Like that is a part of how I give back and contribute to whoever it may be. But in terms of like paying me, no, you're going to pay me. (laughs) And when I hear that people aren't wanting to pay Angel, it really pisses me <laughs> off because first of all, Angel and I have been in this game together for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I have always been a paying customer, mm-hmm. even if that meant that I couldn't come as often. Mm-hmm. So that's where people get their priorities messed up, because yes. that's a priority for you. If you are going to want to ask someone, because it is a relationship and it has to be mutual. Yeah. So if you're looking for Angel to to do your skin, and you just want to be on that roster, sis, if this is what you can do, do those three times a month. Mm -hmm. Don't try to get the homie hookup for seven times a year. I worked my way up. Why are you trying to jump in line? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I earned this position, okay? (laughs) Like, that really bothers me because it's like, one, I knew Angel when Angel had like $2,000 to her name mm-hmm. and that was for the whole family. Mm-hmm. So am I going to take advantage of someone who is a single mother, who is really, I've seen how hard this woman works. Like I wouldn't be able to sleep at night to be like, yeah, I'm going to try to like get this girl to be like, yeah. Yeah. I'm on this radio show (laughs) or I'm doing this. So let me, you should do my skin for free. Like, no. And I certainly don't want anybody treating me like that either because I know how hard it took and how much work it took me to get here. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about market value. and Y'all can kick rocks. <laughs> I I am so protective.
0: She,
1: I am so protective. Yeah. Like, no,
0: honey, no, okay? And I just think on, on my side, like, I think for any business owner, they're probably afraid to say no. Like, I'm sorry, you have to pay. Because mm-hmm. um, they're afraid to lose friends. They're afraid, like, they're going to go down the street to... Mm-hmm. manga and then they're gonna do their skin, and they're gonna do their skin for free, and they're gonna post about them. And it's a fear, and you have to let go of that fear because you have to know your worth. And I, I knew I was great at skin, so I had to make a decision because you know, so and so wants for free. I mean, I'm and I'm just talking regular people. I'm not talking about TV people. I'm talking about. Like the homies from back in the day, mm-hmm. and they're like, can I have this? Can I have eye cream? Can I have your discount? I'm like, it's it's just a lot. So you have to know your worth.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think this is such an important lesson, especially for women, because we're bad at that. Mm-hmm, we're yeah. we're not great negotiators. I have seen people take on opportunities that I've been like, hey, you should really think about this. And then they come back and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Great. Yeah, they're giving me this much. Child, <laughs> you have been undercut by 45%, mm-hmm. like minimum. Why aren't we having these conversations with each other to be like, hey, if this is an opportunity you're interested in, don't even entertain this opportunity for less than this much because Mm -hmm. this is the market rate. This is what your male counterpart is getting. This is what is to be expected if you expect to live this type of life Mm -hmm. based on the work that you put into it. And I think so much of our lives are collaborative. Like Angel and I both had nothing when we first (laughs) when we first met and yes it was a great it was a collaborative effort but it was never free like I'm showing up to your place to be like do this now because Mm -hmm. I'm gonna show people and then pass out your cards the truth is Life doesn't work that way. It works based on consistency. The reason why people will say, I want to get what Erica is getting done with her skin is because I've been consistent for 10 years. I am super acne prone. I've been coming to Angel for all this time, even when it was a few times a year. Mm -hmm. And now it's, Maybe a couple times a month, depending mm-hmm. on what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But that was something that we built on and worked on together. Like, it, it does not work if either one of us just quit.
0: Yeah. Let's go back to me doing your skin. You're a black woman. hmm And just doing anyone of color. You can't just trust anybody. No. And no. you had a incident happen. Yeah. And-
1: I got burned. Yeah, I got, um, was it?
0: Not for second? me. No, yeah, no. I was to say, who <laughs> no, did that? No, was,
1: this was when I was in Chicago. I'll be very clear. I got burned in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I second degree. And it was the size of a quarter oh. on my left cheek. And actually, when we first started, when I first started coming to you, Angel, that was a part of the hypopigmentation. And then when I would go to, like, go on vacation or I'd be out in the sun, it would leave a darker patch on Ooh. my. Cheek. So it took a while now it doesn't happen although I'm very diligent about my sunscreen but um, we've worked on my skin for so long that's not even an issue but yeah I did get burned and they were trying to do laser hair removal first of all I didn't even have Angel can tell you I have no hair on my cheek okay so why <laughs> were they doing it just doing the most I don't know people not paying attention yeah. irresponsible and then also it was a part of an endorsement so see that's why all opportunity mm. isn't good opportunity okay mm-hmm. <laughs> because as yeah. I will tell you, I get people who will absolutely tell me like, oh, you know, you can, I'll come, you can come for free and I'll do your skin. You can come for free and I'll mm-hmm. do this. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to go. I'm just sitting in the back
0: <laughs> Just yeah. waiting.
1: No, you come for she free.
0: try. It'll <laughs> be a trade. That. It'll be a trade.
1: I have never, no. I already know mm-hmm. because I know what can happen when someone's like, oh, I'll do it for free and I'll do it as, as a trade. No, I'd rather just save my coins and know mm-hmm. exactly where I'm going, who I'm going to, and that they actually know what they're doing. And a big part of that was you switched me from – um was it microderm abrasion?
0: We never did micro, right?
1: Because that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I thermoplane. yeah. And
0: you mm-hmm. were like,
1: "No, this is what you have to do." And I had never heard of it. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like the results were so much faster, mm-hmm. and you could see it in my skin. But yeah, I was like, "I think I need micro." You were like, "No, no, you no don't. I don't do that."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Angel. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "We don't use those old machines. we <laughs> do?" And you're like, "No." That yeah. must have been hard though to trust someone again after experiencing that that burn? Well, it
1: was easy to trust Angel because I, again, am very acne prone. And I saw like results like in a couple of sessions Mm -hmm. where I knew that my skin was different and people were asking me. And that was very early on. And then um, we started testing with laser hair removal. And that went well. So I was like, okay, then it just came to a point where I'm like, I just walk in. I, yeah. I never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so
0: I also took a course from a doctor in Chicago who's an African-American woman who knows her shit with lasers and black skin. And so it's not like I just jumped into it and mm-hmm. was like, oh, Hope let me try best. this, too, and see what happens. So, um, you know, we're very careful with anyone of color, really, because even Indians, Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, her skin has come a long way. We had a setback during 2020. We it was all get my to,
1: fault. We had that.
0: a comeback. We had a comeback <laughs> yes. with her skin and now mm. it's like glowing. But I was like, I didn't know what was making me more sad, my shutdown or her skin. It was oh, yeah. all happening at once. I was like, oh my God, my life. It was, <laughs> it was
1: just a PSA. Do not go to the gun range after you have a peel.
0: Yeah, Just
2: don't. That,
1: I mean, you would think that people would understand that. But as someone who did it, don't do that.
2: <laughs> but how would someone understand? They don't know. I mean, Lexi, right? I
1: appreciate you giving me grace. <laughs> See, I don't know what happens at like, the gun range. I've, I've never been, a I've a been to a gun range. I've never been to a gun range. I was, yeah. so I'm
0: like, bitch, why?
1: Yeah. I, I didn't, didn't even know. It. I didn't even think didn't about it. It, it yeah. took me months. And my husband was like, do you think that when we went to the gun range, I was like, oh, you're a genius. You, <laughs> there's po- the gunpowder... It comes back on oh, you, okay. so it just went into my open pores. Okay. like it was not. Great. But I mean, look at my, look at my skin.
2: Okay, I am. <laughs> like I had it's a filter.
0: Child, it's like a
1: glazed age, poor donut. angel. Poor angel. At one point, she's like, I don't know how to ask you this, but the next question is. Um, have you been tested for herpes? And I was like, "Dear <laughs> God, oh my God, that's what my face looked like. Oh, like it was all how bad it was. over it was really my bad. face. I had to take a steroid, and I had a mask of hyperpigmentation. The fact that my skin looks like, okay, Angel, <laughs> like, she needs I was like, she oh. needs an NAACP award. Okay, like,
0: <laughs> I was like, oh my God, we're literally starting back." To literally back to where we were. Worse. 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 It was, it was never bad. that bad. I mean, yeah. I've posted some pictures and mm-hmm. I mean, we can try to post again, but it was horrible. Mm-hmm. So and I cried. What did you do to fix that type of situation? Babyset like with again with colored skin, you can't just be like, boom, you know, here's a quick fix. Mm. I knew that's why I was trying to dissect everything that could have caused it. I'm like, what did you do? Who licked your face? Did you wear sunscreen? <laughs> were you out in the woods? Like, I was asking her so many questions. Um, but in that process, we were also fixing her skin in between. Mm-hmm. So peels for sure. Yeah. Um, her skin really loves Clear and Brilliant. And I think it's mm-hmm. great testament to people of color like that are afraid to do lasers. Because her skin just responds really well. Right. Even better than microneedle, I would say. Because I love microneedle. But like... You know, your skin loves different things. But right now, that's, like, making her skin look the way it is. And After Sex Glow, which is the laser genesis as well. Yeah. Wow. Bravo. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm more of a fan of the laser genesis than the clear and brilliant. But I'll tell you, (laughs) get past one. And, like, first of all, you're going to be like, I have to do it again. And the second one, I swear, from that point forward, we good. Yeah. We good.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so before we close up, I wanted to know – because we're big on manifesting things. Where is Erica Cobb going? Like what what do we see can I mean cuz I see you as the next Oprah just because <laughs> I do too. I feel like you have that energy especially when I see you interview people. But where do you see yourself? Um well thank you. I
1: love Oprah that is no longer where my sights are set. Gosh, I think that, damn it. <laughs> well, I, I want to be clear. Like, Oprah right there. Well, when mm-hmm. I, I want to be clear about when I say it because Oprah at one point was our only template yeah. for mm-hmm. what this meant to be, especially, I mean, to be on television, to have your own talk show. And then deeper for me was to be a black woman, you know, on television and being able to do all of these interviews and get into people's like, deepest thoughts, you know, I still want to get into people's deepest thoughts, but I want to do it in a way that is going to be the most appropriate for what's coming for this next era of Mm -hmm. media. I think one thing about having been in media for so long and starting with radio is I was on terrestrial radio when, you know, my counterparts were still getting the 10, 20 million dollar contracts. There was a lot of money and there was a lot of um, not to say I still love radio. It is actually my first love. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the revenue, the revenue. Revenue just is no longer there and it's not going to return. There's too many other outlets um, for people to get that same experience. And there's other ways for people to listen to music, right? I think the same way about every piece of media, every platform is what is coming next. And what I always understood about whatever my next move was going to be from radio is okay, I'm going to host a show that is a radio show, but on television. And that did not exist. And when DBL came out, I knew when I saw the casting call, this is what I called my color purple. Mm -hmm. Because Oprah has a great story about how she got her color purple, but also the fact that what I was dreaming hadn't existed. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always opening up for like, what is it? feel like versus what it looks like so i know that it's the connection that oprah gets to make but i don't think it's the same it's even something that we even understand yet
0: oh i'm excited um Listen. also i just want to touch base real quick i know i was gonna close but i could talk to erica like all day and we do and we do and we get drunk and she has a whole list of all the things <laughs> i want in a man but we will go we'll get into that later I do have a really
1: great um, podcast with R&B Oscar-nominated superstar, Dixon. And it's pretty recent, in the past he's couple weeks. He's fine
0: as hell. I he, stalked his Instagram. That's your dream, man? No, for, for I just got to say he's fine. <laughs> he's beautiful,
1: he's, beautiful, beautiful man. And he's an amazing artist. And so, like,
0: you got to, like, check out that okay, podcast. That's what I was going to say. With everything that you've accomplished... We've talked about this, and I still struggle with this at times. Are you ever afraid it's going to go away or be taken from you? Because even today when I posted a very vulnerable video of me crying about when I was broke and my electricity is off because I'm talking about my single mom um, event coming up. It took me back there and just how scary it was Mm. to be broke again. And, And it's almost like it grips you. To like, don't get too happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, get, don't too get too happy. Don't get too comfortable. And yeah. how do you overcome that? Because I find myself still kind of struggling with that at times. Yeah, that
1: is hard. <laughs> um, I Um, So I think when I lost everything, one of my saving grace or the way that I coped in my head was... I am meant to do something so much bigger than what I was doing. And I would rather lose it all now than lose it all then. Like I used to think that when I was going through my setback season. And then when things started to come to fruition, and my life really has changed, not in the day to day, but it's like, you know, there are definitely examples of things that I could have never have afforded to experience, or a lot of them come in the form of conveniences, because I really do feel like money and resource is just a better way to make things more convenient. But I think what I do now is, unlike the way that I found success over 10 years ago, where it really was smoke and mirrors, it really was, I was just everywhere. And then I I had a foundation of nowhere. This has been such a steady climb that the difference is if something were to go wrong now, I could go back to that next, Mm -hmm. that last step. And I know where that last step is before everything fell apart. Mm. The problem is in our society right now, when we're looking for such instant gratification because social media is telling us tomorrow we can be a rock star and be Mm -hmm. the most popular person and all this stuff – When you fall, it's a free fall because there wasn't actually any building blocks to get you to that point. So anyone who's feeling like you haven't gotten like your just dues or your recognition that other, you see other people get. Just remember that when you continue to build, that's a foundation that Mm -hmm. it's so much harder for it just to be wiped away. And that's how I kind of got over that anxiety and fear Mm -hmm. because I know the order of my steps.
0: That's good no I think that's good and that's great advice I want to end on that note because you know anytime I'm feeling a, just a little uneasy I'm like Lord thank you Jesus for everything I have don't take it from <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to yeah. thank you for taking time out from your busy schedule it's oh such God, an goodness. honor and I wanted to wait until we actually had had you on the podcast because I'm like she just can't come to this little tiny room and like we are can it out out. I gotta stop my game this is fire <laughs> I
2: love this but, no so is yours. (laughs) What is the name of your podcast? And where is it found?
1: My podcast is Come Back with Erica Cobb. It's available on the Ebony Podcast Network um, covering Black America. And then, of course, you can watch Daily Blast live, Mm -hmm. check your local listings. We're in about 55% of the country and on broadcast. And then you can always see us on YouTube because we are on YouTube live every day.
0: Yeah. Go listen. You won't regret it. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll have you back. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. It hurts to be pretty, pretty, pretty.